Welcome to this edition of Brother Reg. I'm your host, Reg Allen. We have a few of our favorite people in the room. You got Hiram? Hiram. We got London on the track. What up, London? It's Sarah Lynn. And the beautiful Sarah Lynn. We're glad to have you. First, we want to just let you know that we love you, we're thinking about you, and we're pumped to have another episode with you. Um, so we've got some fun things planned. We've been really thinking about um, what we might visit about. And right now, with as, the, as kind of the quarantine continues, I think we've found ourselves typically watching a lot of TV, a lot of Netflix, and I don't know how many members are on Disney Plus, but I'm guessing a lot. <laughs> so many. So many. Um, but one of the things that I would like to visit about is a couple of things. One, continual learning, and two, maybe some productive ways that we can use this time to really self-improve and be able to grow in our capacity. Um, specifically, I, I want to start kind of by just mentioning a little bit about a competency model that I talk about regularly with those that I coach and, um, and that I'm reminding myself right now as I'm beginning my, my new career. Um, most of us uh, along the lines of our learning find ourselves on some level of competency on, on the bottom rung we have, we all start out as unconsciously incompetent, right? There's things that we don't even know what we don't know. And, and that's kind of like the whole idea of ignorance is bliss. Yeah. I was going to say that's a good place to be. I like that. <laughs> it's, it's one of those stages where no one's really telling you that you're incompetent you don't realize it and you're just moving along your business, but you're also missing out on some effectiveness that, that you would have had, had you, had you been aware. Um, but, but the next stage up from unconsciously incompetent is where we become consciously incompetent. And that the, the stage of being consciously incompetent is perhaps the most painful of all of the steps because we're moving into a space where, we, we are now aware that we don't know jack squat about something or we're not competent at a particular function or skill or thought process, whatever it might be. And, and this is the most discouraging of all of those steps. And, and uh, to, to be able to move into that phase, I'm, I'm finding myself um, launching in. This is true of almost all new starts as I'm starting this new career or when we find ourselves in a new situation, a new relationship, a new dynamic, we start to become more aware of those things that we're consciously incompetent of. And, and this is that stage where a lot of times if we're not careful, it can kind of paralyze us where we feel like I'm why, why even bother? I'm just not good at this or, or whatever the case might be. But to, to move from, consciously incompetent, the next step up from that is to be able to go to where we become consciously competent. And at this stage, this is where we have to be able to exert all of our energy and our effort to really key in on being successful in an area, or we take all of our cognitive resources and we focus it in an area so that we can actually become effective or become competent. As much as we we really do only use a part of our brain, it is it is actually really realistic and 
scientifically proven at this point that we do have limitations on our cognitive resources. We can only focus so much on one particular thing. And we have to rely on schemas or we have to rely on areas that happen without any thought. But we can't give unlimited thought to everything that's important. So to become consciously competent, we can't simply do that with everything in our lives. So when we exert everything that we have and we really focus in on something, we can move to be, to be competent with practice. The, the last stage or, or the top stage in this model is to become where we're unconsciously competent. We're, we're not even aware just how successful or how competent we are because we do it without thought. Um, so for instance, and this is a, a clear example for me, for me, if I, if I'm in a, in a kitchen trying to make an amazing meal for my family, um, you can't see it, but everyone's smiling <laughs> in the room because everyone knows that that is not going to go well. Um, but if I, if I try my very best, I'm at best right now, either consciously incompetent or sometimes uh, depending on the degree of difficulty, maybe I become consciously competent. And, and then I have Sarah Lynn come in. She'll, she'll maybe rescue me and say, Hey, do you want some help? She's not looking at recipes. She's not looking at, she's, she's doing these things by eye, by feel, and she can create masterpieces with food that I, I couldn't even do with all of my effort and she can do it while holding a baby <laughs> and, and helping three kids with their homework. And she is superwoman. She is. <laughs> and, and there's different areas that each of us are, are unconsciously competent in. Um, I also think about, I'm looking at Hiram here and I've had, I've had the misfortune of wrestling Hiram. <laughs> Hiram, Hiram is, you know, he might only be 15 years old, but he's a full man. And I've made the mistake of wrestling Hiram at times. And at, and at first it was easy to wrestle with him because I'm bigger and I thought that I'm older, so I should be able to win. But now no matter what move I do, um, Hiram has been able to train himself to have an automatic reaction of, of counter moves of putting his poor dad on his back until I yell at him to get up. That's a good feeling. <laughs> um, and truth be told, um, let the record show that Hiram still really can't beat me in wrestling. Ooh. Especially when he's nipple twisting me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to wrestle dirty if it comes down to winning or losing. But, um, but each of us have those areas. And, and sometimes I think we look at, at, uh, we, we want to compare our, our weakness or some areas where we're less than competent um, at other people's strengths. And sometimes that can be demoralizing. And so we find ourselves either pulling away from, from digging in or growing or developing for the sake of comparing against someone else, which, which is truly a mistake. Um, when, I, when I think about this competency model, one thing that comes to my mind is rather than living in this, in this ignorance is bliss type of mentality. Whenever we move into something new and we begin feeling that, that sense of 
of being consciously incompetent. It's painful, but I guess I want to, to remind those of you that, that are listening and including myself at this point, that that feeling of inadequacy of knowing that you're incompetent, that is a really great step. It's not possible to become consciously competent or better yet, unconsciously competent without moving through the step of being consciously incompetent. So when you feel that sense of, man, I'm, I don't know what the, what the problem is. I'm at this level where I'm just struggling or doesn't seem to work. That's a good sign for you. It's a good sign because that is the journey on your way. Um, really, I, I think for me, um, where this is heading, I think one of the best ways besides seeking out new information, uh, to be able to identify some of those areas where I'm, I'm unconsciously incompetent is through reading. I, I think I've mentioned this before, but somehow I graduated high school with never reading a single book. And, and now at this stage of my life, I probably rotate somewhere between, uh, the last few years, I probably rotate somewhere between 40 and a hundred different books, um, self-help books, business books, and just continually receiving new information and reading books is a powerful way of being able to bring into focus some areas where, Hey, maybe I need to spend some more effort. Or, or London, I'm sure that you've had times where you, you enter a class, right? And you realize, hey, wait a minute. Maybe, I, I didn't even know that I wasn't competent until all of a sudden <laughs> yeah, you're in a time. class, right? <laughs> but, but on the same hand, you, you have some areas where you just have profound abilities that so, some people might look at you in some of the areas that you're unconsciously competent in and say, well, she's just lucky, like she was born that way. No, right? Um, maybe it's Maybelline. No. Um, <laughs> Get the London look. <laughs> but, um, but, but at some stage, you were unconsciously incompetent about some of those areas. So, so one, I, I want to encourage this idea of recognizing that feeling as something positive and something that's inside of you that says, this is where I'm going to make progress. The second thing is I want to really encourage all of us and a, a reminder to me to continue to learn and seek new information and books, podcasts, articles, and stay current. If we took half the time that we're spending right now in reading news articles about political situations or, or COVID-19, we very well might be able to develop and use some of this time to, to become something more in the process. The, the last area that I wanted to mention specifically was in regards to seeking feedback. And, um, I, I've been coaching a, um, a man here in this last few weeks. And he said he was talking about one of the areas of his life that he was getting some negative feedback about himself. And it was particularly from someone that he was dating, actually engaged to and received some information that his, his future in-laws 
weren't thrilled with some of his mannerisms. And in talking to him and visiting with him, he started to recognize, he came to me and just said, I'm not sure what this is. I mean, no one had ever provided this kind of negative feedback to him. And, um, and it turns out most of the time when we start getting negative feedback for every person that shares something negative with us, there's probably 10 more behind that person who just never said it. And, and, and frankly, I'm glad that not all of those people say it all the time because that could be hurtful and maybe damaging to, to our progress. But he asked what he should do in terms of action. And one of the things I recommend, I said, if, if you really wanted to be able to dig in and have a better sense of how people were perceiving you, one of the things that you might consider is to create a way to receive anonymous feedback about yourself to where people felt safe giving you that information. And, and instead of going to your, your mom or going to your best friend or someone that, that knows you and is your number one fan, what if you somehow contacted the people that you've had the greatest difficulty in working with or friends that are no longer your friends and to be able to send a message to them and say, I've created this anonymous feedback. I know in the past, it seems like there's been difficulties between us and I want to seek additional feedback about me in an anonymous way because I'm looking to improve. And he then took this information and created a particular survey and made sure that it was anonymous and sent it to people that he's had the greatest difficulty with. Sometimes we work with people that we know good and well, that there's just something between us that doesn't jive well. And so he reached out to these individuals and said, please, would you do this? He came back a month later and he said, I wanted to let you know that I sent out the, the survey and I received feedback and I wanted to go over those results with you. And, um, it was, it was painful for him. He, he went, when he gathered his research and gathered the information, there was a consistent message of some of the areas where he was unconsciously incompetent in. And it was painful for him to be able to compile that information and come in and say, this is what it, this is what it said. And, and to trace back to our first visit together, he said, what should I do? I'm getting this feedback. What should I do? And I said, you need more data, right? So he got this additional info. I said, what did, what have you done in the last month as a result of this data that you received? And then he went through and proactively talked about the things that he's been doing to be consciously competent and to be able to take steps to move towards improvement in the areas that he found weakness in. And I asked him, how, how has that been working? What, what results have you seen as a, as a, a direct impact from these changes that you've been trying to make this last month? And he walked through some of the feedback and the changes and the way people perceived him, the way that they started to treat him. And so he had this cycle now of being able to get information and change based on this new input that's coming his way. And rather than coming to me and saying, Hey, what, what should I be doing by him proactively going out and seeking information, making it safe for people to give that feedback 
despite the fact that it was painful for him, without that painful step, he wouldn't be able to move to consciously competent. And no doubt he would never get to where he was unconsciously competent without choosing to proactively seek that kind of information. The old, the old adage that the, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I think within us, we have the power to be both the student and the teacher. In this case, by his desire to be a student and to seek this information, he was then able to self-teach his ability to coach himself out of that situation and to move through that competency. That just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for those of us that, that are in this process of saying, well, I, I don't know, you know, I don't receive feedback often or I don't receive negative feedback. The first thing that comes to my mind is when, uh, if, if we're not receiving this feedback, what's preventing us from seeking it? And it's not negative feedback for the sake of being paralyzed and feeling like things aren't worthwhile without recognizing those areas. We can't move forward through the competency model. So I, uh, my invitation, I guess, is one, I, I'd like to encourage you all to continue to learn and to recognize that that step of, of being consciously aware of our inadequacies or our, our ability to, to not be functioning at the optimal level, it's a good sign. It's a sign that you're on the right path. Um, and, and lastly, that continual learning of being willing to seek that information and take proactive action. Well, my friends, uh, actually, you know, there is one last thing. I want to give a shout out to Christina, who's continuing on her second round of chemo and making a bald head beautiful. She looks gorgeous. She looks amazing with or without hair. And we're, we're encouraging and sending our love and support to Christina as she feels and, and further for any of our listeners that are going through challenges, we offer our love and our gratitude for you taking time out of your week to listen and to, to be a part of our journey and, and this message. Lastly, London, you've got some amazing designs that are ready to roll for the merchandise. Yeah, so we've got merchandise designed. We've been working hard on this. So we're going to get this up on the website soon. We're going to get some orders going um, so we can get them on some lovely models, a.k.a. Reg's family. <laughs> um, you noticed that she them. said Reg's family and not Reg. So, <laughs> so it was a very smart move. Excluding Reg. Excluding Reg. <laughs> very cool. And lastly, shout out to, uh, to London for continually helping us and Marco and for helping us get social media rolling and continuing with all of these projects that, that are an act of love and service. Well, we love you and we're excited to, to hear from you. Please reach out on social media at Brother Reg and uh, we will see you next week. Much love. Bye-bye. Yeah. Peace out. Yeah.